Welcome to Museums in Strange Places. I'm your host, Hannah Heflin, and this is a podcast for people who love museums, stories, culture, and exploring the world. This year, I'm living in Iceland, so in each episode, I visit a different Icelandic museum to discover what stories they hold and how they reflect and shape Iceland's unique cultural identity. We decided when we opened up to the public to have the handcrafting to run the museum, and it's always been for free. And a lot of people have said, are you crazy? And I'm like, no, I think everybody should be able to enjoy this. When I started this project, I thought the most interesting questions would be about the running of museums in Iceland and the challenges these professionals face. I also thought that when I visited many of the tiny museums that have popped up in Reykjavik and around the Ring Road in the wake of the tourist boom, most would be tourist traps or quirky wayside attractions. So far, I've been wrong on both counts. In hindsight, I should have realized that the best thing I would uncover would be the stories. Stories told by the museum, about the museum, and about the people who have dedicated themselves to creating and maintaining collections and exhibits on everything from contemporary art to punk rock to medieval hot tubs. Museums don't just share facts and tell stories. They reflect the identities and preoccupations of the people behind them, the artists they display, the curators who choose what to exhibit, the individuals who feel compelled to share their passions with the public. My assumption about the quality of Iceland's tiny quirky museums was wrong too. With only one or two exceptions so far, I found that the passion and attention to detail that make the bigger museums here so fantastic, it's just as present in the small and offbeat spaces. So far, no visit has better reinforced these lessons than my conversation with Hofstein at the Ljósbrau Steinasa, the Kvergeli Stone and Mineral Museum. When I first heard that there was a mineral museum in the N1 gas station in Kvergeli, I was a bit skeptical. Kvergeli is a small, nondescript town on the Ring Road, about an hour south of Reykjavik. And I thought it might just be a way to get a few more tourists to spend a bit more money in town on their way out of the city. But having never been to a museum in a gas station, I decided to check it out. And I'm really glad I did. What I found exceeded all my expectations and then some. Now I'll let Hofstein tell you a bit more about his museum and the stories behind it. My name is Hafstein Thor, and I'm one of the family members who uh, put this uh, small mineral museum up. Roughly a year ago, this whole thing started. Uh, this is a family collection of minerals and fossils collected since 1960. Here uh, we teach geology and uh, talk about the, the uh, life story of my wife's grandparents. Tell me about some of the, the, cool, the cool items here. What are the highlights? Well... All of them are really cool, but uh, there are some highlights, yes. Um, so we, uh, um, just to name a few, and then we'll just go through them. We have lava bombs, we have beautiful jasper pieces and quartz, and then uh, we also have beautiful lava, uh, believe it or not. There's a lot of lava in Iceland, but we do have interesting lava here. Then we have mineral samples, which are in various scales, sizes. 
So we have uh, petrified wood pieces, uh, one being the biggest in private belongings in Iceland, thought to be three and a half to four million years old. And uh, then uh, we also have the biggest jasper piece in private belongings in Iceland. So uh, that is a confirmation of uh, my wife's grandparents being uh, really uh, into their collecting, let's say. And then uh, we have a lot of variations of zeolites. So uh, Iceland is known for zeolites uh, because we have so many variations of it. We have uh, probably around 90% of the whole category which is found worldwide. Uh, so if we uh, have like 46 types in the world, we have maybe 30, 36 here. And then lovely geodes. Um, and all around you have photographs of the family and uh, of the travels, daily life. And it makes the whole experience uh, personal, which uh, is the main, sort of the main factor here. And then we have one of the bigger quartz pieces you will see in Iceland sitting neatly on uh, Siggy's desk, which... Uh, was my wife's grandfather, the main collector, really. There are so many things to talk about, and uh, we can just move on to each and every sample, really. Is everything here from Iceland? Everything is Icelandic. That's the unique quality of the display. And what you see here is only one-third. Wow, that's really cool. Only one-third of what you guys have. So, so this is a family collection. Do you want to tell the story of how this family started collecting? Yeah. Beautiful. you got an amazing collection here. Amazing stones. Yeah. So uh, Sigi, uh, my wife's grandfather, and, and uh, his wife, Sigrun, they, uh, uh, he moved to Höpn in Hortnafjörður in 1960 because he, uh, they needed a police officer. And he uh, recently graduated from the police academy with honors. And uh, he was also a Boy Scout and, uh, and, and a sailor, so he did a lot of things. Well, back in the day, it was quite, quite like that, you know, just a regular thing. Uh, but uh, they needed a police officer, so he was the only officer there in the town. And then the head of county, or the mayor of the town, he decided to uh, resign, just sort of gently resign. And he said, hey, Siki, do you want to take over? So... In just a few few months, really, he became head of county, and not and sort of slash police officer. And in that town, they got to know a guy who had been collecting his whole life, and he started teaching them the tips and tricks and trades of the collector. And they just uh, loved loved the nature and were really inspired by nature before. And then uh, having this whole new world opening up to them, which is the mineral world. And they, uh, well, Siki was that kind of person. He studied, he studied his geology. He studied, studied his science and read all the books. And he just went all in. And the reason we have all these variations here is because of his studies. Because when you have a scientific purpose behind things, especially geology, I can assure you that uh, I, I do that as well. And it's much easier to find things. You just know what to look for, where to look for it. And just they continued, uh, and then he moved to Stikisholmer in the west and became head of county there. So he stuck in that position. So they moved across the country from the East Fjords to the west. And like, lot of, uh, uh, like other collectors, they usually um, leave things behind. You know, they don't want to be bothered with carrying everything between places. But they actually just rented a truck. And drove everything like for two, three days, you know, back and forth across the country and moved the whole collection with them. And we're talking about huge pieces. 
And when they moved to the Snæfellsnes area, which is Stikisólmur and, and the peninsula there, the fossil collecting started. And the big fossil, which I spoke about earlier, uh, was found 400 meters above sea level in the cliffs. By then, they were all into this. And uh, they did a lot of things in Stikisólmur. They created uh, the amateur theater there, the first camping ground, and were entrepreneurs in many ways. And then eventually they moved here into, to the town of Kveragerði. And he became head of county here as well. And did the same thing. He, he was in the Lions movement, Boy Scout movement, uh, first camping ground, and uh, was a part of uh, uh, making other Lions clubs movements uh, in various towns. They bought a hotel here. We call it, uh, the museum in Iceland is called Ljósbrá Steinasab. Ljósbrá meaning... Uh, uh, it's a word from a song, Icelandic folk song. And they uh, uh, named the hotel after the song. And they were the first people east of Reykjavik to buy a bus and drive people and their guests for excursions, which is now the most popular thing in Iceland. They just saw a need and wanted to fill a need. It's just uh, really basic, simple thinking, but doing a lot to the community. So uh, really inspiring people. And uh, that inspired me to ask my father-in-law for permission to go on with the project because they always wanted to display it for the public but never got around to it. Of course, they were busy. Here in town, they um, were, were so busy that they never got around to it. So the boxes started piling up. The garden was sort of getting really well decorated with beautiful minerals. And, uh, and then uh, when Siki passed away and then eventually Sigrun passed away as well, I got to know her really well. But uh, Siki had developed Alzheimer's when I came along in 2007. So I didn't really get to know him properly. But a lot of people say that I look like him and uh, think like him. Even people, they think I'm re related to him. Uh, but I think that's just because of the mindset, really. Uh, of course, there are some similarities with the uh, face and, uh, and sort of facial recognitions and things like that. But I think it's mainly the, the interest we have, the, the common interest. Were you interested in, in uh, geology before you joined the family, or was this part of joining the family was becoming a, an expert in stones? Um, so basically, uh, I didn't know anything about mineralogy, to be honest. Uh, but geology, nature, biology, math, physics was my thing, though. Uh, of course, I was, I was more into physics and, and that kind of thing, and, and philosophy. But then the first time I came into their house, which is now my house, which we bought the family to keep it in the, the family. The first thing I saw was the big quartz piece on the staircase. And I was like, what is that? I, I, I had never seen anything uh, of decorative mean in a house like that. And, and when I touched it, of course, quartz is quite hard. And if you fall in the stairs and you hit your head on it, that's the first thing I thought. It was like, it's dangerous. Then, you know, as the years passed, I started to realize how, the extent of their collecting. And uh, then one day I just went for it and uh, got most of the boxes out and started taking things out. And one after another, phenomenal samples. And I thought, like, this should be somewhere else. And, of course, I needed a space as well. I bought the house, and I wanted to do something with the space. That's another reason. So I asked my father-in-law. I went to his office or his room. Uh, he was in the computer. And I said, hey, Ingvar, uh, do you want to put up the Stone Museum or the collection? And he said, no. 
He just brushed it off. Just, we're talking about within a second. He didn't really think about it. And then uh, I sort of stood in the doorway and I said, can I do it? <laughs> and he said, yeah, why not? And then he just continued on the computer. And that was enough for me. Of course, he just <laughs> said it. He just said it. He said yes. And, uh, and then from the get-go, I applied for funding. I got, you know, a tiny bit of fees here and there. Just, to, well, hardly enough to build the, half of these cabinets. So we had to save up money. My father-in-law went into this with me. I, this couldn't have happened without him. And we built the cabinets by hand. So out of oak and we cut the glass. We do everything ourselves here. So we do a lot of handcrafting as well. And that's uh, the charming bit about this as well. So people come in here and they see us working every day on artistic work and crafting. So that's another another side of things, which we can go into later. So, um, and here we are. Uh, so May last year, the, the idea started and we opened up to the public in August last year. It's, it's really, it's really well done. You've got, these cabinets are beautiful, by the way. Do you still go out collecting? Is the, is the collection growing? Well, that's a fact that uh, is quite important. Yes. Uh, I, like, I, I'm, uh, an adventurist, you know, uh, and always have been. Uh, no boundaries, really. And it was probably difficult uh, raising me up as a kid because I just went my own way. And having this around me, you know, uh, I'm not the kind of person that just sits around and just talks about things. Uh, I go out. I go hiking. And I've gone for maybe five or six hikes this summer, And but that's like advanced hiking with collecting and having maybe... Uh, 30 40 pounds in the sack and hiking for five hours so and i'm getting really good actually and uh and some of the samples i have samples in most of the cabinets here and just to continue the tradition and keeping things inspired so keeping me inspired i think this is the only way i can read about everything but that's not fulfilling so i have to keep the tradition going and there are some phenomenal samples in my collection to be uh, yeah so i'm uh, bragging a bit um so in terms of passing on this amazing set of knowledge that has been passed down to you are you teaching children here or teaching other people how to how to go out and find samples and recognize all the different minerals of, of iceland yes uh, that's a uh, well a great continuation of our discussion we decided when we opened up to the public to have the handcrafting to run the museum and it's always been for free and a lot of people have said are you crazy and I'm like no I think everybody should be able to enjoy this uh, I charge a minimum fee of 5,000 krona per group doesn't matter like uh, doesn't matter really the age but the, I do nursery school lectures or introductions here and primary school and that's for free uh, I don't charge anything for children or teenagers, except, uh, yeah, 16-year-olds around that area. And if it's a pre-booked uh, hours lecture or half an hour's lecture about geology, then that's the 5,000 krona bit. But I have a contract with the town of Kveragere to educate the children and play games and getting them interested in nature. That's my main objective. With the more advanced groups, I teach uh, a thing called, my term, uh, called a picky picker which is just you go hiking if you want to collect think about what you pick up every time just do it every time it's not you know of course when you get good then you don't 
have to you just see what's on the ground but every time you see something pretty or something interesting you have to think about it what is this if you don't know then that's a reason to take it and do research uh, if you're not into the geology and want to find pretty things then well at least have some purpose behind it uh, where are you going to put it why are you taking it things like this so the question is why 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 and as soon as you start to think like that then you create a purpose so uh, i yeah it's going really well it's just a phenomenal reception and there are so many small collectors in the town of Quiraget at the moment, and hopefully one of them will become geologists. That's that's wonderful that you're <laughs> passing on this knowledge and teaching children to think more meaningfully and uh, to be more mindful of the nature around them. That's so important. I was digging around on Facebook, and I saw that there's a song you sing to the children about stones. Yes, Is that, that true? Yeah, sometimes I do that. Uh, there are a couple of songs uh, sort of related to the nature. Uh, gemstones and crystals and, and hiking and collecting sort of old folk songs. I usually, so every now and again during Christmas and sort of uh, every now and again I play a song just I record it on my mobile and just rough recording and, and sort of home felt. But I've always been a, a, a singer uh, so I, I've been singing for a long time and then I'm self-taught with instruments um, so I, I do a lot of that you know get enthusiastic and then I just learn it by myself. But I went to drama school as well. So I'm, an, uh, I'm a professional actor and director, which goes in hand. Uh, it's handy here. We have, uh, I, the last one I played uh, is Wishing Stones or Oskar Steinar. Uh, and that's about a person going hiking, finding lovely gemstones, but hiding them because uh, the person didn't want others to find them. And then when that person came back to it, she never found it again. It's, it, remain, it remains a memory. So, yeah, it's a reminiscent song of the hiking and collecting. And that's the song I always play for the children's groups. And they more or less know it. And it's a lovely thing. And uh, usually when I play and sing small songs like that, they get quite a few views and reaches. So it helps out the museum as well. <laughs> If you're curious about this stone song, keep listening to the end of the episode where you can hear Hafstein's rendition. Um, so then, uh, kind of in conclusion, um, would you tell me about your favorite specimen? Oh, yeah. um, not just the most impressive one, because I, I know that's clearly this big quartz and this uh, enormous petrified piece of wood here, which is really cool. <laughs> um, but what's your favorite specimen and so, why? So let's walk yeah. towards it. Yeah. So uh, from from the get-go, there's uh, so pheno uh, many phenomenal samples here, uh, ranging from beautiful opal pieces, quartz, chalcedony, uh, obsidian, which is the most popular one, Iceland spar. Everybody is blown away by the science and the history of that. But uh, when I found in the boxes this lovely geode here, so I just recently graduated from drama school. And any director uh, would think this would be the perfect set. You know, like you have a geode of quartz and agate, uh, agate in the outside, and then perfectly placed in the middle, Iceland spar piece. So inside of the geode, you have Iceland spar, which is a calcite mineral, much softer, different mineral, growing exactly in the middle. And it doesn't matter how you light it. It's always beautiful. 
Uh, it's just this perfect setup. And uh, I cannot imagine what they felt when they found this, even though they're amazed when they found this, this geode, which is a, a, an amethyst geode, and the photographs of them here next to it, displaying their pride and happiness. Uh, but I think uh, finding something like that quartz geode is something once in a lifetime. It's just, it doesn't happen. And uh, it's just uh, phenomenal that you have two different types of minerals and one being so perfectly placed there. So you, uh, all the time when people ask me this question, I go to this guy. There's nothing that tops it. Oh, I have one more question I thought of. Um, so your name, uh, there's a stone in your name. Would you explain that to people? And is that, is that, is that actually your name? Or is it just a good, good coincidence? It's just perfect coincidence. Uh, so my grandfather was called ha Hafstein. Half means, uh, means ocean and stein means stone. And uh, this is usually uh, the first thing I uh, talk about when I do the lectures here. It's just, uh, and then my middle name is Thor. And people are like, oh my God, is that your birth given name? And I'm like, yes, uh, it's quite a common thing. You know, Thor is one of the most common names in Iceland, Nor uh, Norse mythology. But they think it's amazing that a person called Ocean Stone or Ocean Rock, Thor, is a strong name. Well, it's, a, it's certainly a, a perfect fit for, for your chosen passion. And I'm usually called Stony at the Stone Museum. Well, thank you for this lovely interview and for showing us your beautiful collection. I'm sure everyone that's listening will, will be intrigued and want to come see it. Fantastic. Thank you for coming. Thanks for listening along as I explore Iceland's incredible museums and the fascinating people who run them. You can see photos of the museum, watch a video of Hafstein singing the Stone Song, and learn more about Icelandic geology at my website, hhethman.com. That's H-H-E-T-H-M-O-N.com. The music in the first part of this episode is by Heisen. Stay tuned for the next episode of Museums and Strange Places, coming in two weeks. It's an early morning trip to the Akrinas Folk Museum, where I learn, among other things, why they have a panel about Donald Trump in their history exhibit. <laughs> Yes.